There's a step. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome in to NFL Friday, WFUV Sports' premier NFL podcast. I'm Bridge Gotham alongside Julia Moss and Lou Orlando. And guys, this is an interesting NFL Friday. We're actually recording it on a Thursday due to some time conflicts, so wanted to give you guys a heads up. The Thursday night game between the Browns and the Steelers hasn't happened as of the time of this recording, so it's we're not really going to be able to talk about it because by the time this drops, of course, that game, that'll already be done. We're going to spend most of today recapping Week 2 and, of course, looking f- ahead to Week 3's matchups on Sunday and then Monday. So before we get into all that, how you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm happy we could get this going. I know we all had some pretty busy schedules this week, and unfortunately, I know it's not as good as actually doing NFL Friday on a Friday, but it's better early than never. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to say, but I'm really excited. Uh, what a crazy week, too. A lot to get into. Oh, yeah. Good for New York sports this week, especially. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. No, this this is a great week to, to come on NFL Friday. You talk about just a crazy week, too. And uh, even for New York sports, I think it's the first time that the Yankees, Mets, Jets, and Giants won at the, the same day since 2009. So, not a, really not a bad day to come on and talk some football with you guys today. Oh, yeah. I, son, I was going to basically break out that stat. Oh, Sunday beat first, you it, yeah, beat yeah, me yeah. to it. First time since 09. Yankees won the World Series in 09. Will they win it this year? That's another podcast. That's a, that's a, that's another no question for another time. But I, I want to get into some Week 2 action. We can, we, we'll go in chronological order here. Last Thursday night, you know, that was the debut of NFL on Amazon Prime Video, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet. And it featured two really high-scoring offenses. You got the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs edged out the Chargers 27-24. I mean, what'd you guys think? I actually think it, it was a game that w- when they meet up later on in the season, you're going to see a better version of football from both those teams. Not that it was really a, a bad football game. It was very entertaining. But I just think that those are two teams that are they're in the same division. They're both really elite. They both have, in my opinion, two of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I think when, when they meet up down the road in the season, it's, that's going to be a 40-point game for both teams. But, I mean, still a blast to watch. Absolutely. I think this is a this is a game you're going to see between these two teams for years to come in the postseason. I mean, they're both so good, like you said. I agree. Top five quarterbacks, both of them. I mean, like Patrick Mahomes speaks for himself. Justin Herbert, he's taking that step I was expecting him to, although they lost in this game. Still had a solid game. Three touchdowns, one pick, three hunt, over 300 yards. You can't ask for much more. Um, other than a win, of course, but <laughs> still a great game. Patrick Mahomes is just Patrick Mahomes. You know, the Chiefs are going to do what they got to do. I think what Justin Herbert did down the stretch in that game was unbelievable, given the amount of hits he was taking. I mean, he looked like he could barely walk. The backup, who was it, Chad Henney, I think? He was warming up on the sidelines. It looked like he was going to come in. The game was out of reach. And Justin Herbert comes in, and on a on a key third down play, he tucks it and and kind of runs, but he he goes down, and you're just you're basically thinking like, oh man, get him out of the game. And then on fourth and long, he launches a missile down the middle of the field, and they ultimately punch it in and score. They lose the game, but man, Herbert's a special kind of talent in this league. It's it's one of the most hilarious sequences in football where you're watching a guy that basically looks like he's on one leg, can't throw the ball five yards that's what it looked like after that third down play and you're like you're gonna have to take him out how is he gonna cover in this fourth down you can barely throw the ball and he throws like a 40 yard rocket right on the dime one of the best throws you'll ever see from a healthy quarterback and he did it basically on one leg he's a, he's a special guy 
Yeah, like really, really tough. And I think if I'm the Chargers, this was a big, I think, wake up call to see uh, to like market for backup quarterbacks, because I don't know about you guys, but I have no idea how old Chad Henney is. I feel like he's been in the league since I was 12. He, you know, he did a serviceable job. I think he came in for Mahomes one year. I think that was a story Mahomes had to come out and Henney came in and got like a big first down run. The Solid football backup. Yeah. He's he's one of those veteran backups that it's like you're hoping to kind of catch lightning in a ball where maybe you get a couple good drives out of him. But as someone that watched the Giants last year and realized how important it is to have just a serviceable backup, like, yeah, I think if you're an elite team that wants to do something it, and you have a guy like Herbert, like, you want to have a backup that can come in and just at least keep the offense going a little bit. So you make a fair point. And yeah. you have, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I agree with you. Um, Justin Herbert really showed how, like, tough he really was. I mean, this is incredible. You have to hand it to, to Chargers coach Brandon Staley because they get into the red zone and then it becomes fourth down. You're down 10. You figure you kick the field goal here. You're going to need another drive anyways. You're going to onside kick no matter what. They go for it on fourth down and score a touchdown. I mean, that's an aggressive move. It paid off. They didn't recover the onside kick. But you got to love what they were able to do. I mean, to, to make that decision to punch it in to trust your quarterback there, you know, if they, if it doesn't go in, you know he's going to be you know Brandon Staley's going to be punished for that. But but man, I mean that that's a decision that's paying dividends. You like the aggressive pay calling. I think you like the way the Chargers played down the stretch of that game. Again, kind of going back to something about how I don't think this was either team's best game. Is right the Chargers had the lead early, and that's a lead that I think that they they really needed to do a better job of keeping that lead because when you play the Chiefs and you're able to get a lead on them, like that's a game like you really kind of want to seal that off while you can. And then the Chiefs didn't play a great first half. They come storming back. And then on the Chargers side, you feel like, man, we let that one get away. Absolutely. A fun game all around. You love Patrick Mahomes and everyone's saying, oh, you know, you lose Tyree Kill. What are you going to do? I mean, he's the fastest guy in the league. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're still Super Bowl contenders. And let let's you know let's change the page here. Let's flip the page. Whatever the saying is, let's head over to Sunday's slate of games. Jets and Giants both won. We'll get to those games, but let's start with a few out of city matchups. Patriots Steelers, a matchup that ten years ago would have been you know one for the ages. Now it's between two teams that are kind of in, in a either a rebuilding and sort of a, they're not the star studded teams that we that you would have seen the past twenty years. There's no Big Ben. There's no Tom Brady. Yeah, it's it's two teams that are really in a weird spot. Like people are not high on the Patriots this year. People are talking about them as the worst team in the in the AFC East, and that's weird coming from a division where that's usually usually the Jets. So that, you know, for a Patriots team to to hear that they're being called a worse team than the Jets, like when's the last time you were able to say that? And, and for the Steelers, I not mean, listen, lifetime. you kind right, you kind of <laughs> hoped that even with the QB turnover, like you'd be able to stay competitive. There's still a lot of talent on that team, but between. The TJ Watt injury, and I think the way the offense has looked, Najee Harris doesn't—he—he he doesn't look as good as he looked last year. It, that score kind of checks out, right? Seventeen, fourteen, kind of a tough game by two teams that you're still trying to figure out. I agree. Um, and when you look at both of these teams, I feel like both of them are still trying to find their identities, particularly with the the Patriots. Uh, Mac Jones is still trying to figure out where he works in this offense. I think last year was very much he was a game manager type of quarterback. And I personally expected him to play a much bigger role going into the season, you know, getting past his rookie year. But it seems like he's still a bit stuck in that role as he continues to develop. And, you know, they got luckily they, they converted against the Steelers this week. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes from here on out. I think the Patriots defense looked pretty good. Um, they actually do have a solid unit. It's just that their offense, they they're unable to get much going. You know, Mac Jones, as you said, he's definitely in that game manager role in that offense, and there's definitely a bit of inconsistency with Joe Judge back up in New England. You got Matt Patricia. They're kind of they're both kind of calling plays here. Matt Patricia was on the you know he's a defensive coordinator for a long time. Now 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 he's calling offense, and of course you saw what Joe Judge did with the Giants last year. Are those really the two guys you want uh, commanding your offense? I don't think so. Yeah, it's two, two coaches that are very closely tied to two franchises that had have had some down years in, in recency. I just I do feel a little bit bad for Mac Jones. Again, I don't think he's going to be in that elite tier of quarterbacks or even the good tier of quarterbacks. Really, I just look at his arm talent. I'm not that impressed, but I do feel a little bad for him. I feel like he doesn't have, really have that many offensive weapons. He's got a couple good running backs around him, but other than that, I feel like I look at the guys he's thrown to, and it's could be a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, if you look forward to, like, next season or next 
week as well, it's not going to get much easier for them. I think people are starting to realize, and this was a little bit last year too, just how impressive Tom Brady's run in New England really was. Because outside of Randy Moss and maybe Gronkowski, I mean, Edelman was a good player, yeah, but I mean, you the weapons that Tom Brady had in New England, you're talking about a Danny Amendola, like these guys are, they're all right. You're but talking I mean, about a quarterback that elevated the targets around yeah. him, right? Like if if Amendola or Edelman, if they're on the Jets, like we probably don't talk about exactly, them. Exactly, right? I hate to... I hate to be really mean to the Jets, especially after they had a nice win. But like, but when players get traded off the Patriots, them, right? I mean, it's, they're never heard from again. I mean, think about what happened to Chris Hogan. He left the Patriots and not completely out of the league, and he no was one such even a knows cool who story, he is right? anymore. It's, sometimes guys are a product of the system, and that's you've been a lot of talks about the, the Patriots and what are they? Were they Brady? Were they Belichick? I think they're a combination of Brady being really good and, and being in a system that really helped those guys elevate Be- their game. They, yeah, Belichick really knew how to make the most of Brady. I mean, talk about Chris Hogan. He played Penn State lacrosse. And they bring this guy in and he wins a, <laughs> he won a Super Bowl or two with him, probably. Um, again, you know, enough about the Patriots, but I think it just goes to show about elevating the talent around you and how Mac Jones maybe hasn't taken that step yet. Listen, I'm not going to feel sorry for them. I'm sorry, I'm not going to feel... They've I'm had not, their they've time. They've had a nice 20-year run. Time <laughs> for other teams to come out and have some fun. Exactly. And speaking of other teams, let's talk about a team that didn't exist or, you know, a new team name that's you were talking about, the Washington Commanders, went on the road to Detroit, and the Lions pick up their first win of the season. The Lions played the Eagles pretty close in the first week of the season, um, but this time they are able to get the job done. Amon Ross St. Brown <laughs> exploded uh, in that game. He had a couple tutties, and... The Lions are the feel-good story of this season, of this year. They had hard knocks, of course. Dan Campbell, everyone loves him. He loves the players more than we we love him. Um, are the Lions for real? Do we do we take them seriously? Yes. Dude, you have no idea how much I love the Lions. I'm Same. I'm so big on the Lions this year. I was big on them last year because I thought they were like a nice little tough team. I didn't think they were as bad as their record ended up being last year. But, man, I watched them play the Eagles so tough last week and – if you look at the way the Eagles played this week and they took down the, the Vikings in pretty easy fashion, like how good does that game look that they were in that game? But I think people are sleeping in the Lions. I love Dan Campbell. This team, the best thing I heard about the Lions, I think it really it really captures it, is they play like their coach. And it's so true. They're so gritty. They're so tough. People keep sleeping on them. There's a lot of talent on that offense. There's some guys on that defense. They're a team that's going to shock some people and win some really big games. I said before the season started on our first NFL Friday that I thought the Lions were going to upset week one. And while that didn't happen, I am so high on the Lions now. And they almost won that first game. They played them really close. Wins the second game. (laughs) So good. Um, And Amon Ross and Brown and Goff have a really special connection. And and Swift is also really, really great. Like, they have a solid offense. They have a legit offense. Yeah, Yeah. their offense is good. Like, people look at them. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. Don't forget that. That's very true. People look at them as, like, a joke last year. But, I mean, I think this season, they're going to be, they're already a surprise. I mean, going one and one is quite surprising for a lot of people heading into the season. Um, but I think this is only the beginning. I think the Lions are going to be actually good, and even oh, I would not be surprised to see them in the playoffs. I'm buying into their offense. My question is: is kind of is the defense going to hold up throughout the season? Because again, listen, that Philly game was a high scoring game, and I get that Philly offense is tough to stop, especially with Jalen Hurts. I, that's really all I'm watching is if, if the Lions defense can maybe take a step further on down the season. I don't, I don't think they're a wild card team this year. Although I would love them to be, but I, I think this is a team that could win seven eight games oh yeah and i mean they look they beat the washington commanders who they they you know they skated by the jaguars in week one they got and carson wentz they're still figuring things I out i almost put the jaguars in that the same category as the lions like people are sleeping on them the jaguars are playing good football through two weeks yeah no it, the i i like i just like the changes i'm glad that i'm glad the whole urban meyer thing's done <laughs> i'm glad that we can put that behind us and uh yeah it's always just fun to see franchises that you know maybe haven't had the the luck and the fortune of others to you know finally turn things around um the commanders are are also one of those teams um but they look okay this season i think they're gonna be middle of the road i don't know five six wins maybe seven i don't know i think that they're probably last in the nfc east if hopefully yeah i mean as a a giants fan i mean you want dallas to be last doesn't look that bad no but he's he's okay i thought he was going to look on Washington. It's I don't think Washington is that bad of a team. I think the way things shape out, they probably do end up in the bottom of the NFC East. But like, I'm not taking this way win away from the Lions as hey they be an easy team. I think that's a good win for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's move ahead to the next game on the slate. 
Tampa Bay, New Orleans. There's a lot of bad blood there. The Bucks finally get their win against the Saints in the regular season and improved to two and zero. The score twenty to ten. Tom Brady didn't have a whole lot of weapons on his side, but when it came time to play, he had he led a drive in the fourth quarter that included a twenty eight yard bomb to Brashad Perriman in the back of the end zone. Touchdown plus a Mike Edwards pick six sealed the deal. Um, I don't know what to think about Tampa this season. They basically don't have any receivers to throw to. Um, Tom Brady's 45, but they have a really, really, really good defense. How far can they go? I I think this is kind of the year that Tampa probably still ends up being a playoff team, but I, I don't think they're a huge threat. We're through two weeks, and they have two really ugly wins. And I listen, you're two and two and zero is two and zero, but you kind of have to watch the way teams win. And I, the win against Dallas didn't impress me. Brady said that after the game happened, he's like, "We got a lot to work on." And I mean, this game was three nothing Saints at the half. Through three quarters, it was three three, and then Tampa explodes for seventeen in the final quarter. But you know, for a lot of this game, this was a a defensive battle and a kind of a case of sloppy offenses on both sides at times. And, Brady doesn't have a good game. 190 yards, one touchdown, 18 for 34. Jameis Winston throws three picks. Kind of sloppy offense on both sides. But I'm not not impressed with the Bucks at all. I think their defense is going to win them games. But again, how far can that take when the offense looks this bad? I agree. Um, yeah, this game was like surprisingly hard to watch. I remember watching, like looking at this game going in, and I thought it was going to be not like super high scoring, but but not th- tied 3-3 at the end of the third quarter. There was very little offense. It was very much a defensive matchup. And if I'm the Bucks, I am definitely grateful that I was playing against Jameis Winston. Um, I feel a little <laughs> bad for him because I feel like he's never going to escape like the 30-30 Jameis reputation. But you know, you're you're digging yourself a deeper hole when you throw one touchdown and three picks. So I can't feel like too bad for him. I agree with that. And uh, for the Bucks, well, next two weeks they host the Packers and then the Chiefs. So if you want to see if Tampa's for real. Will they be will they be four and or will they be two and two? Will they be somewhere in between? But those are two teams that are good to test yourself against. Uh moving along here. Jaguars Colts. Uh <laughs> Jaguars blank the Colts twenty four nothing. Matt Ryan's not off to a good start in Indianapolis, unfortunately. But as you said, Lou, uh Jags, they look they look for real. I think it you know, Urban Meyer had a really bad run with the Jaguars in just one season. Like it was just completely halted the development of the team. I think you get him out of there, you bring in Doug Peterson, it's a whole new look. And There are weapons on this team, almost similar to, I don't think their offense is as good as the Lions, but like almost similar to to the Lions. There are legitimate weapons here. They brought in Christian Kirk, who's a, a legit wide receiver and is having a really good first couple of weeks. I think the Jaguars are another one of these teams that like, if you come in against them and you're just sleeping thinking that this is the Jaguars of old, you could get surprised. Again, they're probably not a wild card team or anything like that, but they're a team that could win a few gritty games. Yeah, the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing multiple <laughs> times and expecting a different outcome. I do not understand what the Colts are doing. They are cycling through aging, mediocre quarterbacks like there's no other option. And their their excuse is, "Oh, Andrew Luck retired." I don't. Well, I mean, I mean, a week before the season, there's, I mean, you're really putting your team in a bad spot. But that was also how many years? It ago? It was three years ago. <laughs> a few years ago. At this but point. I mean, he was your franchise quarterback of the future. I mean, he's he was a great player. That's I, true. But at this point, I agree. I think the Colts. I mean, you've cycled through. Who was it? It was Carson Wentz this year. Matt Ryan. Philip Phil Rivers. Rivers. Three years, three of those quarterbacks. And if they had just took taking the time to draft a quarterback and develop him from like the first year they had the chance I feel like they'd be in a much better position than like what are they going to do next season like if they if the season continues going the way it is and Matt Ryan continues performing this way I don't know like I don't know who they'd go for next or if they'd actually decide to to develop a receiver but I mean I receiver a quarterback but yeah the Colts really frustrating again though the AFC South though is in such a weird spot that it's kind of like who wants it because as Julia knows not not a bunch of teams in the AFC South want it right now. Who knows? Maybe the Jaguars could win this division because I know we're going to get to the Titans. The Titans are doing everything in their power to lose every game. The Colts don't look that good. The Texans are kind of in they're in a weird spot too. This is going to be a really weird division where I guess it's you know who who wants it who wants it the most. It kind of feels like that's what the AFC South has been for the last few years. Yeah, that's really the case. And I think for the Jaguars to bring in a guy like Christian Kirk, who's He's a solid receiver. He spent some time in Arizona, and um, 
uh, caught two touchdowns uh, for the Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 30 for 235 and two touchdowns. I mean, that's really efficient play uh, by the second year out of Clemson. He's going to be, you know, the number one pick might just pan out to be what a number one pick should be. Colts have a lot to work on. I know Julia can't wait to talk about the Titans. We'll get to that. Um, but let's talk about what I think is the game of the week. And it's not the Jets game because I think the last two minutes might be the game of the week of that game. But Dolphins-Ravens, mm. my goodness. couple good candidates for game of the week, but couple I, like the, good. I like the one that you went with. It, so, you know, I was at the Giants game. I was tuning into that, and I was periodically checking scores. I was like, oh, wow, the uh, you know the Ravens are killing the Dolphins. And good thing I have the Ravens defense in fantasy football because they're getting me a lot of points. I check a couple hours later because I got really into the Giants game. Giants won, of course. And all of a sudden, not only did the Dolphins win, the the Ravens' defense didn't end up with that many fantasy points at the end. <laughs> it, it's a, a wild fourth-quarter collapse where, I mean, you looked at the score. I forget what the exact number was, but they it was 15-point lead. Uh, so the final score was 42-38. Going into the fourth quarter, the score, 35-14. That's right, a 21-point lead. So even, even bigger than what I thought it was, right? And the, for the Dolphins to come back, I think it's another— you saw it with the Jets a little bit like, yeah, they got a couple gifts, but you have to put yourself in a position to to reap the benefits of that. And the Dolphins offense just flipped a switch in that last quarter. I mean, Tua made some really nice throws. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wild both have incredible games and that play really well in that quarter. It's kind of a scary thing for the Ravens, right? Because right? you come off that, that week one win against the Jets and you look like you're going to cruise through a week two victory against the Dolphins. And all of a sudden you have this epic collapse and, it's a huge morale boost for the Dolphins. I think it works the other way with the Ravens where, you know, if they don't write the ship next week, like things could tumble quickly. Yeah. Uh, I have Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team. I Thank mentioned you, this Lamar. week once as well with one, week one as well. And I remember watching this game and I was like, you know, I really hope the Dolphins just score. So Lamar Jackson can keep passing. Like there was a point where I thought it was going to be such a blowout that I was going to lose fantasy points because he would just like either get like, like the game would be like he would just like not play the rest of the game or he'd just hand it off and I, as the game went on I was like yes Dolphins like so happy they scored a touchdown so Lamar actually has to throw again but that just like kept happening and I was like there's no way the Ravens are actually going to lose this game and then they did and a stat that I found that I didn't even know until right now Tua threw six touchdowns oh yeah that's yeah, Tua you look at Tua's stat line Tua had a day now he leads the NFL in, in passing, passing yards like Alabama type stats <laughs> yeah like, you know those, that's what he looked like in college it's finally panning out in the NFL and I think another interesting stat, speaking of Lamar, um, he had more rushing yards than the leading receiver on the Ravens, if that makes sense. He rushed for 119 yards. Their leading receiver, Rashad Bateman, uh, caught four balls for 108 yards. And then Lamar also threw for 318 and three touchdowns. So it's, I think MVP Lamar, that could be a conversation to have. He's playing for money. You're not blaming Lamar on that uh, for that loss, right? That's all on the defense, right there. Yeah, defense. <laughs> the defense collapsed. Before we move on, I'm gonna ask, and I think the answer is yes. Have you guys seen the video of Tua as I a righty? Bring this up. It's so funny. <laughs> I mean, can see. I'm sure you're gonna set it up. I was gonna basically say, like, all of a sudden he looks like the mechanics. Everything looks good. It's so funny, dude, because everyone's making fun of, man, it looks like Tua just throws ducks. And maybe it is just as simple, he's a lefty, the ball looks weird We're just coming not out used of lefties. To it. Because when the, when you flip Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, it doesn't look as slow as Tua, but yeah. it looks slower than the usual bullets that they're firing. And you flip Tua around, and all of a sudden, holy cow, like, this who is this guy? Arm. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I saw the video. It was very funny. <laughs> all right, next up is... Another interesting game, uh, Rams-Falcons. Rams were up 28-3 on the Falcons, um, and then the Falcons came all the way back but lost at the very end. Um, funny with the whole 28-3 thing, of course, being a Falcons meme and, and all that, but I think, um, you know, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, the, the Rams offensively, um, yeah, they broke, you know, the ending wasn't great on defense, but it, they looked a lot better than they did week one against the Bills, and they look a little bit more like the Super Bowl champs. They look better. I'm still not impressed. I think it is funny that both the teams that made it to the Super Bowl, Rams and Bengals, really don't look good through two weeks. I mean, I know the Rams pick up this win, but they did everything in their power to give it up in that last quarter, uh, and really wasn't impressed with their, their play against the Bills. Again, how tough is that? The Bills look like the best team on the planet right now. 
Um, but, I mean, you're playing the Falcons, a team that's not really supposed to do anything this year. And the fact that you almost blew that lead, I'm sure the Rams will get things figured out. They have too much talent not to. But they're sitting that one and one I don't know that they're really feeling great about that because they don't look that great. Absolutely. And, I mean, I would be stunned if the Falcons actually made the playoffs. I mean, I would just about I, write I would them off. I would bet a lot of money so that they wouldn't. The fact legally, that they, of course. Yeah, <laughs> legally. I would be very, very stunned um, if the Falcons made the playoffs. So, with that being said, the fact the Rams had to hold off the, a Marcus Mariota-led Falcons team. Not, not ideal. It, like, it's a win, but, like, I don't view it as, oh, the it's Rams are back. The Rams have rebounded from week one. Like, I to be determined for me. Yeah, Um certainly a lot to talk about there i want to flip the page once again and uh go to a rivalry game here we got seahawks 49ers um i think the big story of the game is of course trey lance the big injury um i'm sure the 49ers are happy that jimmy g's still around um they they give the the seahawks a reality check um after week one where you know they upset the broncos and the whole russell wilson fiasco uh, this time, you know, Geno Smith, you know, they they come down to earth a little bit. Uh, Garoppolo comes in um, and, and plays a solid game, too. Um, you know, 13 to 21, he threw, you know, 150 yards, inter, uh, no, no interceptions, a touchdown. And a lot of people are saying the Niners now have a better chance at winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. It It is. It's weird. Like, you looked at as soon as Lance gets hurt, Garoppolo comes in little bit of an energy boost for the 49ers. Like, they really rallied upon. Again, Garoppolo's been their guy for the last the few Bowl. years. They went to a Super Bowl with that guy. You guys games. think they yeah, might, I mean, they might trust him more than Trey Lance because they really don't know that well. As far as the Geno Smith stuff goes, like, did we really expect him to look like the way he did against Denver every week? I mean, that would that would mean he's having a pretty phenomenal season. So, I, Geno Smith is still kind of like a borderline backup in this league. So, I think you're going to take the, the gems that he gives you and, and deal with the when he's kind of off. Uh, I don't know if the 49ers... I, they probably do have a better chance with Jimmy G. I'm still not super high on where the 49ers are at right now, but definitely interesting to see the way they played once Garoppolo came back in. I am very high on the 49ers interesting. now. Yeah, okay. I think... I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is never like... Is he the most clutch quarterback? No. Probably one of the least clutch quarterbacks. I mean, he sold the game last season, but he still gets his team like wins in the regular season. I don't know, like, that game one with Trey Lance, I don't know how I felt about that. Jimmy Garoppolo coming in with experience, I think he's starting caliber. I couldn't believe he agreed to be a backup with the Niners. So this is, I 100% think the 49ers have a better chance to make the playoffs. And, and I think, I don't know if they would have made the playoffs with Trey Lance. I mean, I'm a little more down on him than, than most people, but I think I think this is a not a good thing, but... I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely uh, going to step into that role much better than than most teams that would have been in the same situation would. It's not a bad thing to be a good game manager. That means you can right. get through a game and get your team wins. It doesn't matter if you're not throwing for 300 yards. If you're a good game manager, that's that's valuable. It is. Um, I'm not that high on Trey Lance either. I mean, you look at he played at North Dakota State. He had one really, really, really good year, and he got hurt. Uh, you know. I mean, I don't think he's thrown more than a thousand passes in his competitive life. Hmm. I mean, it's just not that large a sample size. You just look. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. He's he, he's great, but I'm saying with Garoppolo, you feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, Lance doesn't get to develop. It's another setback for him in his career, and we wish him the best. Um, but I think odds went up for for Niners to make the Super Bowl, which is which is kind of interesting because I don't know if anything like that's ever happened where your starting quarterback gets injured and oh. Now they're now we think there's a better chance for that team to win the Super Bowl. Um, next up, Bengals Cowboys. Uh, Cooper Rush, uh, in relief of Dak Prescott, leads the Cowboys to a 2017 victory over the defending AFC champs. The Bengals 0 and 2, which is not the start they were looking for. Joe Burrow a less uh, than stellar game. Cooper Rush came in and did what he was supposed to do, which was just manage the game, and eventually uh, a a field goal as time expired uh, won the game for Dallas, who was up 17-3, then choked a lead uh, to uh, 17-17. Cowboys won. Uh, a lot of people thought Cowboys would be 0-2, especially uh, without Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. As a Giants fan, like not super happy that Dallas looked that good with uh, 
as soon as Dak comes out, like, again, you're yep. not going to celebrate an injury, but then you're looking at it realistically and you're going, Cooper Rush is their starting quarterback. That might bode well for the, the NFC East. If you can get Dallas out of the way and kind of get a replica of what the NFC East was a couple years ago where it was kind of a toss-up to the last week and it, you can maybe sneak in with, like, a 9-8 and eight record or something like that. Like, that bodes well for the Giants if that's the case. But for Dallas to look this competitive with Cooper Rush, that's kind of a little scary. And with Giants and Cowboys facing off next week, that's kind of something you're looking into. The Bengals, I'm really disappointed in their O-line. I know Burrow hasn't had a great start. I think part of the reason is he's getting hit all the time. And, listen, I think it's true, right? That magical Super Bowl run probably raised everyone's perception of how good of a quarterback Joe Burrow was. He's probably not. Maybe after that Super Bowl run, people were talking about him as maybe a top-five quarterback. He's probably not there yet. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to rebound and have a pretty solid season. But that playoff run probably elevated everyone's expectations for him. As somebody who picked up the Bengals defense right before the game and played him in fantasy, I too was not thrilled with the way <laughs> that the Cowboys performed in that game. Um, but I agree. I think I think um, that crazy run to the Super Bowl by the Bengals hyperextended what they could actually do uh, in regular season. Because if you think uh, they were a wild card team, right? Like coming into the playoffs. The, it, like, the reason it was a magical run is they weren't that good of a exactly. team throughout the regular season. They were kind of up and down, and it was. Hey, when they're on, they're on, and when they're bad, they're kind of really bad. And maybe this is another season where they're just like that. Exactly, and yeah. So I think this is. Um, I feel like this is a lot more surprising to people than it should be, considering how they performed during the regular season last season. So yeah, th- I mean, I was not thrilled with uh, how great the Cowboys look. Um, Cooper Rush did a fine job, and I don't know how long Dak Prescott is out, but uh, I think Cooper Rush is perfectly competent starting quarterback Cooper will definitely be making the start this Monday when the Giants host the Cowboys maybe a couple weeks uh, more after that next game Denver uh, Texans um, Russell Wilson did not look very good the the Broncos won they won 16 to 9 but Russell Wilson was 14 for 31 I mean that is just that's not exactly the stat line you look for it was an ugly win Judy gets hurt basically right away. And again, that's one of your top two guys yeah. alongside Cortland Sutton. So Cortland Sutton ends up having a good yeah, day yeah. without Judy to compete with yeah. for, for snaps, really. But yeah, you're looking at really an ugly game from Russell Willis. I mean, they get the job done. They're playing against Houston, so not really too impressive. Yeah. And Denver through two weeks, a team that people probably had some expectations for when you bring in Russell Wilson to a, a defense that's good and an offense that felt like it was one good quarterback away from being going into that tier of good teams that should compete for the playoffs. And right now they don't look like that at all. They look like they're going to be one of those teams that kind of falls out of the race a little early because they're not playing competitive football right now. Yeah, this is one of those wins that feels like a loss, I think. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson is not performing. I, I feel like a lot of Broncos fans felt like he was going to come in and play prime Russell Wilson and that's not what they're seeing right now uh 14 for 31 a touchdown interception that is not good um I'm happy they won though because as a as a Titans fan um I'm just instinctually rooting against AFC South teams so uh was not shedding any tears over the fact the Texans lost but uh worried for the Broncos going forward because they lost against the Seahawks and squeaked by the Texans so not a not a good outlook for the rest of the season not a good outlook <laughs> at all um, as we move ahead to the later afternoon slate. And the the Raiders and the Cardinals played. Mm. That's a, another uh, one that could have been the game of the week right there. That game, through three quarters, or through at least the first half, and through three quarters was ugly. The Raiders found themselves up 23-7 to going into the fourth quarter, and then they lost the game. They didn't score again. Uh, Carolina came back. Kyler Murray did some unbelievable things. And then in overtime, a fumble recovery taken to the house does the job there. You know, the Cardinals were, you know, they were in danger of starting 0-2. And this is, you know, Kyler Murray had all that drama in the offseason. Uh, and then you look at the Raiders, who are now 0-2, and a lot of people still see them as a, as a pretty solid team. So this is just a, a weird outcome and a weird place for these AFC, uh, well, uh, AFC West for the Raiders, of course, uh, NFC for, for the Cardinals, but West teams. Yeah, Cardinals without D-Hop, you kind of felt weird about them coming into this season. On the other side, you know, 
felt really good about the Raiders coming into this year and looking through that game really through three quarters you felt pretty good about the Raiders until that that mm-hmm. last quarter that feels like a trend feeling really good about teams through three quarters and then in that last quarter they just try and lose the game the Raiders succeeded at that and listen it took some crazy some crazy crazy plays from Kyler Murray where uh the funniest thing I saw was that he looks like a toddler trying to run away with their parents phone just running in circles really fast it it's hilarious to watch Kyler Murray play he's really good at what he does it's kind of a question of how much can he do for this team right now? Because he's not getting a lot of help around him. Maybe when D-Hop gets back, you feel a little bit better. The Raiders are one of those teams. Where they're 0-2. They're way better than 0-2. They're going to get the ship They're gonna get the ship settled. And they got a really good team around them. They got better than last year. You have Devontae Adams there. Him and Carr have a clear connection. I, I think the Raiders are going to turn things around. It's, just, it's a tough loss to suffer in Week 2. I don't know. I just feel like every season people are much higher on the Raiders than they actually perform. I'm higher on the Raiders than I've ever been, I think. I, I feel like it's just a steady incline for, yeah. for most NFL fans on the Raiders, and they never actually uh, do much, make much noise. And especially like... They're in a tough division. So they that, are. That's the tough thing. About and that. it's understood noise when Devontae Adams comes in. Uh, obviously, him and Derek Carr went to the same college. But, you know, two receptions for 12 yards... For Devontae Adams, you've got you've got to be better than that as a WR one wide receiver one. Um, but yeah, I mean it was a it was a good game. I I've not game. I'm not as high on the Raiders as most people are. I think they do win a lot of not a lot, but I do think they win at least eight games this season. I just don't see them as a as a deep playoff threat. That's fair. Yeah, I mean they were basically borderline last year. They got into the playoffs by the skin of their the teeth. Charges. I mean that's yeah. I'm probably still riding high off that. I mean I was rooting for the Chargers in that game, but that that week I was rooting Chargers game just because of that. That's drama. what I was rooting. I yeah. wanted the tie so bad that would have been so fun. We we're so close. But, um, so speaking of Devontae Adams, uh, his old team, the Green Bay Packers, they rebounded after a abysmal Week One start, which seems to be the theme the last couple years for these Aaron Rodgers led Packers teams. This year is a little different, though, because without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers finds himself in an interesting position without any true weapons. Uh, Younger receivers that he's openly criticized during training camp. Um, And there's even been some highlights that you can see on YouTube on on whatever showing the receivers not running the correct routes or dropping basically a perfect touchdown pass that would have been. So now the Packers, they're going to go on the road to Tampa they're going to take on uh, a legit team with Tom Brady, you know, a classic rivalry between two quarterbacks. Uh, you know, do you think Green Bay has what it takes to – obviously, they're it's an Aaron Rodgers team. They're going to go to the playoffs. But it's more about, you know, with all the drama that Rodgers has brought last year with his whole situation and receivers leaving, and he's a super-duper elite quarterback but loses in the in the NFC Championship every other year. He has one Super Bowl to show for it. He's sticking around in Green Bay when a lot of people thought that he might, you know, pack his bags and leave. He's getting up there in age. Like, you know, what's going on here? Is it, Can he make something happen this season? Listen, I, the Packers are going to win games. There's enough talent there. I don't really buy into them. I don't take much away from they beat the Bears. They always beat the Bears. That's what the Packers do. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. He owns them, I think that, that that Vikings <laughs> loss in Week 1 was that was a big statement win by the Vikings and a statement loss for the Packers as what they might be this year. Again, their schedule, it's kind of easy early. They If they play the Bucs and the Bucs play the way they've been playing, like that's a game the Packers could win. And then the Patriots, the Giants are undefeated, but that could be a loss easily. And then you got the Jets, that could be another that could be another win for the Packers. Commanders, that could be another win. Eyeing Packers-Bills on October 30th as a benchmark for where the Packers are at. If the Packers play one. well against the Bills, then maybe I'll change my tune about them. But right now I feel like, you know, I was telling my, my roommate is a big Vikings fan. I was like, hey, if the Vikings beat the Eagles this week and the, and the Packers lose, maybe this division is yours. Like, I, I mean, we could call <laughs> it really early and that would be nice and fun. That didn't happen. So the Packers are going to be in play for, their, for the division. But I, I don't buy into them right now. I am. I think the. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't done anything yet to make me feel like he's going downhill. I mean, he is getting older, but he's still performing at an NFL level. Um, winning this one, twenty-seven to ten, obviously, two touchdowns, no picks. He really rebounded from that first game, and I, I think we're gonna see just like the normal Packers. They'll probably go to the NFC Championship. They'll probably lose to whoever they're playing, but they're still gonna make that run. I think. Um, and then also, 
even if Aaron Rodgers does see a little bit of a decline this season, they have a good running back to help them out with Aaron Jones. I mean, he had 132 yards rushing and a touchdown. That is definitely good news for Aaron Rodgers if um, if he does see a little bit of a decline. Yeah, that is good news. I think Aaron Jones is a really good running back, and if I mean, they can lean good on backup him, backup and AJ Dillon, too, yeah, that pretty I mean, good. They're like a, right a two-headed monster there, um, and they have a good defense. You know, you know, they they have a solid defense too. Let's not forget that. But you know, as we alluded to earlier, Vikings did really well in Week One. The Packers didn't, and now the Vikings in Week Two just lose eh, a horrible game uh, to the to the Philadelphia Eagles, and. The key of that game was Kirk Cousins in primetime football this game is worse count. than it me. Doesn't it doesn't count. count. It simply does not count. This is not I mean, the my goodness. Are. They just can't play in primetime. It doesn't, and we'll worry about the playoffs when they get there. He was abysmal. But they just it, have to play 1 o'clock games. It looked okay. like he was throwing to Darius Slay, who does not play for the Vikings, by the way. It looked like he was throwing to Darius Slay on every single play, whether it was on the left side or the right side of the field. It was Slay was deflecting the ball. He was all over the field. And Kurt Cousins, I'm sorry, the most mediocre quarterback of all time. It's, and it's statistical now. And mediocre, yeah, it is statistical. He's 80, 80, and, and two, two, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, Kurt Cousins being mediocre means, yeah, you'll have some good games, but to balance that out, you're going to have a couple stinkers. This was one of them. And how about Jalen Hurts? Mm. 26 of 31, 333 yards and a, and a touchdown. That's basically perfect, right? I mean,. Yeah. He has developed so much over the offseason because the Jalen Hurts that got blown out by the Bucks in the week in the wild card round of the playoffs is a very different player than the Jalen Hurts that we see now this season. He's a real deal. The the Eagles are a little scary. And it hurts and to say as a Giants for, fan. It's tough for us to admit, but the Eagles the Eagles are a scary team. They're a tough team to defend against. And yeah, for the Vikings, listen, I just want to say I predicted like two of the interceptions just because it was that easy to be like, oh, they're in the red zone. That's an interception <laughs> right there. I knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh the Vikings are going to be okay. I still think they come out with the division. I think there's enough talent. They get. They still got to get Dalvin Cook right. I think they're going to figure out the offense. Defense, I think for them, has been better than in years past. The defense was always a little bit of a hole. I'm still, I still don't feel great about it, but I still think this is the Vikings' year, and it just, I'm going to go with it doesn't count. It was prime time. I think the Vikings are just going to have a normal Vikings year. They'll make it That's to the playoffs. That's probably what's going to happen. They'll make it to the wild card, get yeah. blown out, exactly and, then, and then back to the drawing board. Oh back to the drawing board where they don't actually do anything. It's really, it'll be really interesting to see how many more years of Kirk Cousins they have left. Like how many more, like nine and seven or whatever it is now. He's got, he's got a few more of him just yeah. to be, just to be sure. Yeah, but uh, what I took away from this game most is how good AJ Brown actually is. Hmm. Like we'll talk about him. In a second. Yeah, um, we'll. Definitely definitely get to him later in the titans part of the show um but yeah the titans really really gifted the eagles with a good one there apparently would you get um, back in return for that trade i don't even remember <laughs> obviously nothing great because we immediately drafted a wide receiver like we didn't get back a, a wide receiver in in return i think Not it was just a draft pick honestly um but yeah uh jalen hurts is like you said developing really well um i'm pretty high on the eagles this year um especially because that hurts brown connection they now have um but yeah, let's segue into a segment that you said you couldn't wait for. You don't have to wait any longer. The Bills played the Titans on Monday, and um, yeah, <laughs> Julia, this is all you. <laughs> Take it away. I'm ready. I was sick to my stomach. <laughs> I was physically ill watching this game. It is so hard to be a Titans fan, just historically. Like, we went through the Mariota era where we went 8-8, eight and eight, like, every season, 9-7, and seven, and somehow missed the playoffs, like, three seasons in a row going 9-7. and seven. We finally get out of that era with one good season from Ryan Tannehill, and Tennessee is like, oh, my gosh, He's a good – he is the <laughs> guy. We haven't had a not 9-7 not nine and seven season in a decade. Let's pay him $100 million. And in turn, we can't afford to pay our running – or not running back, our, our wide receiver that actually made us a dynamic team. The reason the Titans were good last season is because they were good at multiple angles. They had a good defense. They had Derrick Henry for the first part of the season, but we also had A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown can make Ryan Tannehill look a lot better than he is. So without A.J. Brown, this is, I mean, I hope people get used to seeing the Titans getting blown out because my outlook on this season is a lot, and this is, I'm a huge Titans fan, so 
I just it's it it's just hurt to watch that game. Listen, it it brings me no pleasure to say this because I played in a flag football team that was the Titans. We won a championship, humble flex. So like good memories with the Titans jersey on. I don't want to remember wanna, the Titans. Zach, I want to like the <laughs> Titans, but good God, man, they look really bad through two weeks. So it's bad. awful. And listen, losing to the Bills, that's not. It's not embarrassing, but the way you lost to the Bills, that's the, the embarrassing part. The fact that it was it was never even competitive and then going back a week before, like, I'm a Giants fan. We tried to give you that game in the first half by not playing competitive football, and we still came away with the win. I'll take it, but it's in my mind the Titans were not one of the elite teams going into this year, but also they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Like, this is not a bad team, but – People are starting to realize how big of a loss A.J. Brown is because I know Derrick Henry is not performing right now, but he missed two-thirds of the season last year, and the Titans still went and got the number one seed, and that's a huge reason due to what A.J. Brown was able to do for Tannehill on that offense. Without him, this is an offense that just really can't do much if they don't have Derrick Henry running for 200 yards, and it doesn't look like he's going to be able to do that all that much. Yeah, um, it's a lot harder for Derrick Henry to like actually run when the whole team knows he's the only offensive weapon. Um, I think a big reason he was good last season before he got injured and then the, the season before is because you could play action and it actually be successful. Mm-hmm. Like You could actually fake handoff the ball to Derrick Henry and to respect the pass and then and then actually complete a pass (laughs) however with like I would be can you guys name two receivers on the Titans I don't think I can name one exactly so the play action (laughs) the play action is just not threatening whatsoever so obviously they're going to commit to Derrick Henry no matter what because even if they're wrong Tannehill will still probably throw it to the other team so it's really difficult I like it'll be really hard to tell if the inevitable decline of Derrick Henry this season is because of the way the offense is run right now or if it's aging but either way it is tough sledding for Derrick Henry moving forward I think this also confirms on the flip side how good the Bills really are mm-hmm. they are for real oh the Bills are absolutely they for real they will probably win the Super Bowl I'm going to go out on the limb and say that uh, I've been hoping they can do that for a little bit now they I, I mean they are so good Josh Allen is so I mean, he has the perfect team around him. The defense is good. Everybody's good. And as a Giants fan looking at this game and saying, well, wow, it took everything we had to beat the Titans, and then they get blown out by it. <laughs> no, it's a reminder but, that the Giants but, are but still the Bills. far away. It's, exactly. It's a but, reminder that the Giants all it may be 2-0, but they are still quite far. But listen, we're talking about right, the Bills. We're talking about all these teams that are still trying to find it. The Bills have found it. They found it week one, yeah. and they found it even more in week two. They really so the did. the Bills are scary. Bells are Terrifying. scary. And you know, now that we've gotten that all out of the way, let's talk about the New York teams, and then Can't we'll wrap wait. the show up. We'll start with um, we'll start Topical. with the Jets. We'll start with the Jets because they had a more thrilling end to their game than any team this week. Um, the Jets they won thirty one thirty, but with two minutes left uh, they were down by two touchdowns. <laughs> and um, what what happened was was basically unfathomable. ESPN gave the Browns a ninety nine point nine percent chance to win with their. The thing that everyone looks at on the app, the little, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the win probability. The win probability, exactly. They had 99.9%, which means you can't lose. That's it the same, means you're it's the same percentage that you see when a team is up 78 nothing, <laughs> 99.9%. This is the same, I mean, it's the same percentage. It's basically impossible, right? And so, you know, the Browns, they score a touchdown. They miss an extra point. Oh, whatever, it's fine. You know, you're, you're up 13 points, 14, whatever it is. Not a big deal, you know. The Jets on the ensuing possession, Joe Flacco turns into 2013 prime <laughs> Joe Flacco, launches it down. Was it Garrett Wilson for the touchdown? I don't know who it was on that play. It might have been Garrett Wilson. might have been somebody else. Jets fans can correct me. He was wide open, this receiver. Went in for a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's a one-score game, and then they get the onside kick. They score again. Browns fans are stunned. It's at Cleveland, and the Jets are back, and... <laughs> Garrett Wilson, great selection in the draft uh, for the Jets. Uh, he caught two touchdowns. Joe Flacco threw four touchdowns. The Jets have a lot of weapons, more so than the Giants, I think. They they might be, like, decent this year. Listen, 
first off, when's the last time the Jets recovered an onside kick? I haven't seen the Giants recover an onside kick, and it feels like forever. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing. I hate when they say the percentage probability is like ten percent. I'm like, it's like less it's than way, one. I'm like, are you kidding me? One out of every ten kick at recovered what? is like magical. that's so rare. It's so fun. It's so fun to see. No, but it's right. Going into this season, I felt better about the Jets than the Giants. Just from a talent standpoint, I feel like the Jets are in a much better spot than the Giants are. And, listen, that first game against the Ravens, that's a tough first game to start out with. Tough the Ravens are a really yeah. good team. If they beat the Jets, like, that's not a huge deal. But I looked at the Browns as a team. I think the Jets can compete with them, especially if they're going to be a scrappy, gritty team this year, kind of like the Lions or something like that. Like, that's a team you could kind of give give some hell to and maybe come away with a win, and it didn't look like that was going to be the case until the fourth quarter. It's the trend of this week. The fact that the Jets came back, listen, the Browns gifted you some between the missed extra point and Chubb not going down. He takes the touchdown to give the Jets the opportunity to get the ball back and do all that stuff. You still had to take advantage of and put yourself in a position to take advantage of all those mistakes, and that's exactly what you did. And Now, listen, they get a win. It's a step in the right direction. Their, their schedule doesn't get any easier next week playing the Bengals, even though the Bengals are down bad. But, hey, maybe they maybe they keep the Bengals down bad. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't want to deflate the balloon or the the confidence that you guys have here. The I, would, optimism, I wouldn't say confidence. Optimism, I'm like rather. Um, but this game doesn't really do much for me for the Jets because, like, if I'm the Jets, I'm sending Nick Chubb a holiday card <laughs> first class in the mail because they're the Jets – shouldn't have won this game although I love seeing an onside kick recovered <laughs> I love that because it gives me hope like when my team was in the same position that like oh there's a chance like the Jets did it but if Nick Chubb had made like just the just went down yeah bounce. just went down like he should have known that and then the game He's would be done over that before too people yeah. got really mad at him because he he's he stopped like people from getting fantasy points because he went down at the one like this is something he's done before <laughs> exactly so I am not like oh yay the Jets are gonna win so many games this season after this because they really shouldn't have won they did a lot to win this game but if Nick Chubb had made the play that (laughs) he should have made like knowingly like I was watching this game and I was like what is he doing um so with that being said great win for the Jets improbable win but I don't I'm not like super high on Jets stock after this. It's still, it's just talk. It's tough to talk about the Jets right now without them having Zach Wilson. Because what can you say about them if you're not seeing Wilson? Like, if Flacco looks good, like that's cool. But Flacco does not factor into this team, their future plans, or what they're going to be in the next couple of years. So, I I know there are some talks that the Jets, the Jets might sleep and slip into a wild card. I know that's something Jets fans <laughs> were saying. I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't think you can really make any claims about this team until you see Zach Wilson back. Yeah. Interesting stat from this game. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Jets scoring two touchdowns in the span of 60 seconds. Obviously, it's crazy. Um, it hasn't happened since 2001, and the last team to blow that kind of lead was also the Browns. <laughs> and that time it was against the Bears. But it's, it's a very Cleveland them. Browns moment there. And Rough stretch. For look, I know I, I, I see where you're coming from, Julia, with the sense that um, maybe this win doesn't mean much. But let's let's keep it a buck here. If you're a Jets fan and if you're part of this Jets organization, you're escaping Cleveland with a win like that. The more just the morale in the locker room, just the feeling of it. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, they probably didn't deserve to win. They didn't earn it really. But I mean, come on, you got to feel really good. And it's the little things like that that actually will, you know, it'll show up on the field next week. It'll the 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 way the players will play when you have a different feeling, when you know that you have some sort of momentum, because if they lose this game at the last second, let's say they don't recover the onside kick, now you're sitting 0-2, you're going into week three, like it's another jet season, our starting quarterback's hurt, everything, you know, flames are going up in the air. You look at it, now you're 1-1. One one. You know, a lot of good teams are 1-1. One one. Like, you're in a good spot. You can make it's it It's happen. big to get that first you win of the season. Right. That's huge. Get that off the bat. And to get it in week two, nonetheless. I mean, you'll be all right. <laughs> Any games that the Jets can steal before Zach Wilson gets back, the better. Exactly, exactly. So last game that we're going to go over, I was there covering for WFUV. It was the Giants, and they beat the Panthers 19-16. to It was a special kind of win. It, everything about it, everything about this season for the Giants just feels different. You're 2-0 and for the first time since 2016, which in and of itself is a big deal. But you're also... After week one, you're, you're over 500 for the first time since 2016. Since my freshman year of high school, 
I'm gonna be graduating from Fordham like a year and a half from now. Like, all right, it's been a while. You, you look at the Giants; they take that infamous boat picture. They're blown up by the Packers in the 2016 playoffs. Every season since then, up until now, they started 0 and 1, 0 and 2. They were never above 500. You could never say as a Giants fan that you had a winning record for the last five years. If some kid was born in February of 2017. He's going to kindergarten this year, and he finally he can say, my team, the Giants that I grew up with as a five-year-old, yeah, they, 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 they're above 500. All right? Speak for that kid in kindergarten. Good for him, Huge right? Huge for that kid. Huge for him. For. The Giants use Daniel Jones mostly as a game manager here. He's not that good of a quarterback, but they're able to hide it well enough, and the defense made a lot of key plays. Graham Gano kicked four field goals. And then the defense came up with a huge stop at the end. Julian Love sacking Bay- Baker Mayfield on a big third down, forced a punt. And then the Giants were able to run off en- enough clock to secure the victory. Again, as I said, they're 2-0 and in the NFC East, which, you know, you're going to be competing with the Eagles. But for the Giants with the new administration that they brought in, you're talking Joe Shane, you're talking Brian Dable, it's just, it feels good. feels Listen, good. I'm happy. I'm also very realistic that I don't think the Giants are that good. Yep. I, but here's the thing. I know we have a really easy schedule. According to that one website that does strength of schedule, Giants have the easiest one. And just looking at it, too. I mean, <laughs> Texans, it's, it's not, Lions. No, you look at that I mean, schedule, you legitimately you go down the list and you look like, at those hey, teams. that's a win. There are 14 <laughs> to 15 winnable games. The Giants are not going to win all of those games because that's just not how football works, and that's not how this team works. But there are a bunch of games that the Giants could very realistically be in and win. And if you're looking at the NFC East, especially if Dallas ends up getting really kind of affected by the Dak Prescott injury, which is very plausible, who knows? Maybe they slide into this division. I think Philly is the best team in the division, but you got to see where things lie. Daniel Jones doesn't look that good, and they're still winning. That's the big thing is I've seen Daniel Jones look good. And I'm still kind of on the train of Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback. The more he plays like this, if he continues to play like this, I'm on the train of like, hey, let's... He'll pr- he could be good with another team, but let's get rid of him. But if Daniel Jones is able to flip a switch and play some good football, maybe this team would actually look pretty solid because the defense is really good. Right now they have the lowest opposing third-down conversion rate in all of football. So the, the defense is good. The defense has been good for a few years. It's the offense that really struggled. Um, but, yeah, I don't. right now I don't think the Giants are that good of a team, but I'll take 2-0. It's a blast to be 2-0. Yeah, for for Giants fans, I think this is huge. Um, although this wasn't like a pretty game by any means when the score. Neither of their games have been pretty. right, and <laughs> all of their wins might not be pretty. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, wins are wins, but when the score is sixteen to nineteen and only like one touchdown was scored by either team, like mm. it's hard to take much stock in in that win. And like you said, Daniel Jones isn't playing fantastic. Um, it'll be interesting to see next season when they are not next week when they play the Cowboys. Uh, it's, a big, it's a big test for them. If it's going to be a big against the Cowboys. Game. Like I'll start. I'll start buying it a little bit more. Yeah, because, I mean, they played the Titans week one. Uh, clearly that uh, is not probably won't shape out to be mm. as big of a win as it seemed to be at the time uh, with the way that the Titans are playing right now and then beating uh, a Baker Mayfield-led Panthers team. Um, it'll be interesting to see next week how they how they perform. But my, uh, my comment about the Panthers, I really like Baker Mayfield hot seat. He is on the hot seat, in he my opinion. Bad. He looks – Next week for Baker, I think he's playing for for the starting role. It might be Sam Darnold time in Carolina. Let's run it back. (laughs) For the Giants, a big week three coming up on Monday night um, because you have a chance to start 3-0 for the first time since 2009 against a division rival in prime time, a night game. You have the home crowd on your side. It's it's a whiteout. Um, Fans are encouraged to come wearing white. It's going to be MetLife Stadium's going to be rocking uh, Monday night. You just you got to feel happy to be, be a, a New York sports fan right I'm now. I'm a little worried because I feel like Giants recently have not done well in primetime games. Primetime games have. I feel like that's been the Giants are the Kirk Cousins of the NFL when it comes to primetime games. Top. But they but also haven't started 2-0 and in a really long time. So, yeah, so. maybe this is the year everything's And you're playing a Dak, a Dak Prescott-less Cowboys. I don't believe I Dak Prescott's very good anyways. Better yeah. football but. than Cincinnati played against Dallas last week. I, I, I think so. I think if that's the bar, which is pretty I low, play above that. I think the Giants can do that. And, and we can play mediocre football, and that would be huge. 
I think we're all really excited for what's to come this weekend. Again, an interesting Thursday night game between the Browns and the Steelers. We can't talk about it no, because we we, we don't know what's going that. on. It happened. <laughs> it, ha- already. it happened. You know what happened. You, you guys know what happened. Crazy game. I would say it's the game of the year. I mean, oh listen. yeah. Um, just I think that fourth quarter, unbelievable. Um, but we'll have to break all that the down. Really good. Yeah. I, in my but just the ending. I mean, a lot of good quarters in there. <laughs> we'll have to save that for next NFL Friday. But we're going to have to wrap things up now, guys. It's always a pleasure to talk NFL with you guys. I want to be there Monday covering the Giants. Danny Scott's going to be covering the Jets. I don't know if they're home this weekend, but he's your New York Jets beat reporter. For Julia Moss, for Lou Orlando, I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your weekend of football. We'll see you next week on NFL Friday.